Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 85 of the Guardian Project Podcast. I'm your host, Andy. And Coyle, do you know a character from Magic should have been cast in the hit show, Sex in the City? No, I do not. It's Alrond, because he's the god of cosmos. Ah. <laughs> Coyle doesn't watch Sex in the City. But it makes sense to how you explained it to me about two minutes ago. <laughs> if you don't watch that show, they drink a lot of cosmos. <laughs> I was really excited. I thought that was the funniest joke. And I was like, wait, play to your audience. We're not probably all. Someone out there is going to appreciate it. If you watch Sex and the City, tweet at me with, I am the god of cosmos. <laughs> That's a long hashtag. It's a long one. And I'm your other host, Mike Coyle. And you know, the creatures that give other creatures of the same type bonuses are called lords. And I always wondered, like, lords and ladies, where are the ladies? Well, all the other cards in the deck are the ladies because you play your lords and then you lay these cards next to it and you go and try to win. <laughs> Please listen carefully. I thought you were going to go into like a lord like song or something. Oh, yeah. Remember you'll never lord? be royals. Yeah, and we'll never be royals. But we have nobles in magic. That's true. We now have nobles. We've had nobles? New nobles? Old nobles? No, nobles were new. Nobles are new. And then other cards. New noble. New nobles. You know noble. Nobles. New noble. You nobles. This is the new noble. <laughs> you are the nobles. This is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. So I made a new deck this past week. Okay. I made Gore Muldrak, Amphenologist. Mm-hmm. Amphenologist? Amphenologist. 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 Yes. So we're playing with, uh, with some Salamandes, and it has been... So we had one of our folks in our Discord play this deck, and I I liked it so much, I was like, can you post your list? Because I would really like to build this. Now, I may have gone a little overboard with just Simic cards that I own, but that's kind of like the new Simic thing, right? It's what you do. Simic cards I own. Simic pile. Simic pile. Yeah. Does feel like that. But I got to play with a lot of cards that change creature types, like Unnatural Selection or Trickery Charm. Um, artificial evolution. Um, a lot of these are really old. They specify that you can't turn something into creature type wall, which used to have a restriction that if it was just a wall, it inherently had defender. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you couldn't turn them into legends because that was the thing back then. That was a creature type. Now it's a super type. Now it's a super type. And I've had a lot of fun playing this deck. I've only played it once, but I played against it once. And the one that I played against was forcing and fogging, like forcing mm-hmm. combat or, or fogging. Um, I'm not doing so much fog. But I did win Fall Hull Breacher, and now and now I've said I can. I, now I can say I've done it, and I don't know if I care to do it again. <laughs> Maybe one more time. But I did. I did at least win. As soon as it happened, True. I had 104 treasure, and they were like, "What are you going to play out?" I was like, mm-hmm. "Let's just say I drop everything because I win Fall to 51 cards in hand thanks mm-hmm. to a forced fruition." On yeah, it was great. So I did that, and. Um, I am continuing to sleeve decks. I think I'm now three decks, re-sleeved, double-sleeved into my missed sleeves. Nice. So so you have, I'm sorry, how many more decks do you have to go? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh. I mean. It sounded like a painful thought. Well, I have at least, I have at least 15. Okay. Okay. At least. So it's very slow because you have to unsleeve from the deck it's in, Mm -hmm. put it in a perfect fit, put it in the misty sleeve. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's 300, it's the, it's 300 actions. It's a lot of actions. That's a lot of actions. To but take. I do get to watch a lot of Twitch streams while I do it, so that's really cool. That's and nice. catch up on podcasts and that's stuff, because nice. you're doing it for an hour anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you just picked up a collection of some old cards. Yes, picked up an old collection uh, from a mutual friend, family member kind of deal, and... Uh, you know, gave them fair market value for it, but there's some cool reserve list cards. What'd and some you older get? Cards. Got a couple copies of Aluren in this one. Um, we have uh, I don't know, a bunch of snow stuff from Ice Age, like Snowlands, uh, Demonic Consultation. A couple copies of that. There's some good value in there. A lot of a lot of draft chaff sure. in there too. But um, maybe it'll become valuable if people like snow stuff. Have you started putting together your list for your? Um, Commander Cube? I haven't asked you this. No, I haven't at all because I wanted to get notes after drafting Commander Legends, oh, which we haven't had an opportunity to do yet. Yeah, which we can't really do. Right. But, I am I mean, it's it'll get there eventually, right after their D&D campaign starts. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that has been planned for what? Four months is five months? Yeah, something like that. Something like but that. But I did get you my backstory. You, you did. You're part Literally of, this morning. Part of the jury review. I am. I'm So in a D&D campaign, aside from the podcast that we're going to be in, we're all in Ravnica and I am going to be a Rakdos puppeteer from the jury review. That's right. So we'll know your legendary creature boss is a 1-1 one, one, and you're obviously extremely weaker than that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This week, mm-hmm. we are chatting about... Tribal. Tribal stuff. All tribal stuff all the time. I mean, everybody knows what tribal is. Everyone plays tribal. Probably. Kind we of. assume? Yeah. One of the creatures in one of your decks is probably part of a tribal deck. Yeah, it most definitely is. <laughs> if your creature has a creature type, it's part of a tribal deck. If, is that true? Even if it's an eyeball. Even, I mean... I am interested to see, like, what EDH Rec... Like, I know EDH Rec has their own definition of what makes a tribal commander a tribal commander. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm interested if they, like, would count changeling and stuff towards that tribe. If it counts as all tribes, or does it count specifically towards changeling? Because they do also have a category for shapeshifters on EDH Rec, so I don't exactly know how that works. But I would assume... Eyeball tribal can only play like five eyeballs and then they have to play all change. I feel like the last time I looked at eyeballs, there were only three. Okay. So I think there's only three. Even better. And then and then the rest have to be changelings. Okay, okay. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh yeah, so we're talking all tribal this week. So um, you know, do you wanna just uh shape shift the conversation? Uh we certainly can. But before we do that, we should probably tell people where they can find us if they would like to support our show. Yes. Um, if you want to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash guardianprojectpod and donate for any dollar amount. Yeah. And if you're looking for any other way to support the podcast, uh, we have, you know, our YouTubes and our Twitches. The YouTubes, the YouTubes plural. The Twitches, the uh, whatever you're listening to the podcast on currently. If you could leave a comment, an upvote, uh a follow, ring that bell if you're on YouTube. So we're throwing you know, out generic words. <laughs> just, we're just throwing words at a wall and seeing what can stick. But if you could do all those things, we really appreciate the feedback. We really appreciate the following. And um, that's how we get all of our content out to you. So now I was going to try. I was thinking in all that time of another term other than shape shift the conversation. So mm-hmm. what if we were to... Um, Evolve? No. We could change Ling into the next topic. <laughs> All right, we're just going to change the topic. <laughs> All right, so we are talking about tribal decks this week. Coil, tell us what a tribal deck is. So a tribal deck is a deck that's built around a certain creature type. Uh, doesn't really matter what that creature type is. You can literally build it around any type of creature and that's considered tribal. Um, the most, I mean, there's a lot of common ones out there like zombies and merfolk are probably what people think of when they think of tribal mm-hmm. decks. Um, uh, oftentimes their win condition is swing to win. Yeah. Uh, using anthems, lords, certain creatures that like giving plus one, plus one counters kind of deal. Um, but there are some other like niche tribes out there, like um, clerics. Um, yeah, they do a lot of life gain and prevention. Yeah, yeah. You've got merfolk that'll give unblockable or or, or like island walk. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that that's that's really popular there. Humans have some of their some of their humans. They give counters, and some allow you to tap other humans to exile things. So each tribe kind of has its own thing, but. In the grand scheme of things, it's really all this is we're we're basing this on a specific creature type, yeah. and this is we're kind of going to go to town. And the nice thing about tribal, at least from just like the the overall perspective, is if you just put all those creatures, a lot of them already synergize with each other, so sure. you don't have to do like if you're not good at brewing a deck sure. and you just jam all the humans. I have mm-hmm. a human tribal deck. You you're probably going to find they work together. That's, that's true. In many many instances. Yeah. Um, yeah, so swing to win, anthems and lords to give plus one plus one. Yep. I think yep. one of my human decks has has um, like three or four lords yeah. or enchantments that pump the creatures. And then like my zombies deck, that's like literally half the deck is like lords, is lords. And, and anthems. Yeah. So we 
we first started by looking at popular tribes, yep. right? Based on EDHREC, right? Everybody, you know, you, they have a lot of statistics, mm -hmm. a lot of information we can look at. So we wanted to look at what the, the top 10 popular tribes were, but specifically, which was important was that EDHREC says that decks are considered tribal if they have more than 10 creatures and at least 60% of those creatures share a type, right? Yep. So if you have at least 10 creatures and 60% of those share the dragon type, it's going to appear as a dragon tribal deck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean... You could play a deck of... 10 creatures where six of them are elves, and it'd be an elf deck, according to that statistic. Yeah. Or you could play a deck with 54 elves, which most people do when they play an elf deck. 54. 54 <laughs> elves, exactly. <laughs> so the top 10 tribes, right? So the yep. first five here, we've got dragons, elves, zombies, vampires, and goblins. That's right. I think I've, I've, I've played against all five. 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So many times. I'm pretty sure I can say I've played against every single one of these that are on this list. The, the next five being wizards, dinosaurs, slivers, humans, and cats. I mean, even in our, mm -hmm. even in like just our play group, I'm pretty sure I can say I've played against all of these except for maybe, actually, I don't know if there's a dragon's deck in our play group. In our like immediate in-person play group is what I mean by that. There is only because we lost to... The, the creature that, the dragon that has, if there's 20 or more artifacts you control at the beginning of your upkeep, you just oh, win the game. Right. That's so right. we do have one dragon back. That's right. We haven't seen that one very often, though, because mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's dragons are expensive. And, yeah, extremely. Yeah. yeah. Like, expensive as in mana cost. Mana, mana cost. Yeah, yeah. Unless there are some expensive dragons, If you're picking up the, the original <laughs> Legends uh, dragons, which, you know, Elder Dragon Highlander. Yeah was built around having a dragon as your commander, an elder dragon specifically. So so in, in specifically going a, a little bit into each one of these here, dragons, there's a lot of legendary creatures to choose from that can be your commander. I think some of the more popular that we've seen are like the Ur-Dragon or Scion of the Ur-Dragon. Mm -hmm. I know on our stream, we've had Lathless Dragon Queen. Um, all of them are really fun decks. Elder Dragon Highlander is the name For of sure. this format, but also dragons are just kind of cool. Yeah, and you know they're just they do big things, right? And you and honestly, they don't really they have synergy together. They don't really need synergy together. They're already giant flying creatures that are gonna kill your opponent, right? So there's a lot of lord effects, but they're not all over the place um, because a lot of the dragons are just huge, and yeah. they can just win when you swing with like four six sevens. <laughs> You're just yeah. like, well, I that's a lot of damage. I guess we're just gonna die, right? Now on the on the other side of it, you have a deck like Elves, which is really low to the ground. Everything costs like no mana whatsoever. You're playing with a ton of lords that are just pumping all of your creatures, and it's really a go wide strategy until you drop a crater hoof on the battlefield. Then you're you're going tall. Hey, I got hit by a crater hoof once. Just once, or. 10 times. Yeah, like 10 million <laughs> times. Yeah. It feels good to do it too, though. Sure. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of people that say, oh, it gets boring. Like, I keep playing Greater Hoof, but it doesn't. Trust no. me. I, I like to win with it. And I'm not mad when I get swung out with four 30 30s because you decided to, you know, play out 100 elves. Play hard mode and play end raise forerunners instead. The math didn't work out there because I said they had 100 elves, but then they were only 30 30s. Well, they came out afterwards. Math is not my strong suit. Oh, okay. I'll be honest. <laughs> Zombies. Hey. Number three, you have a zombie deck. There's, like you said, there's a ton of legendary creatures to pick from with this. Especially you've got within with the Esper colors, right? We added white. Mm, yep. Um, we got to see some white zombies in Amonkhet. Yes. Yes. Um, there's a lot of go-wide and edict effects. And there's mill strategies. That's right. There's it, there is one one creature that can do mill. In zombies, I never remember his name. Laboratory zombie. Le it's not. It's definitely not laboratory zombie, and I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's legendary. It's not I, legendary. I do know that it is blue and black. It is mono blue. It is not blue and black. Undead alchemist. So four mana zombie. It says if you deal damage to if a zombie you control would deal damage to a player, you mill that many cards instead. And whenever a creature card is put into an opponent's graveyard, you get a 2-2 black zombie. Okay. And the nice thing is this deck also, or this this tribe, usually makes 2-2 two, two zombies, 
because it cares about your graveyard. So yep. like Varina can exile cards from your graveyard to make zombies. The Scarab God can reanimate them. You know, what's funny is now that you're taking a look at, at least for recent top commanders, Nivenirel Urborg Tyrant is making the top. Oh, yeah. um, uh, Gisa and Geralt, um, Grim Grim Corpseborn. So there's a lot of stuff you can do with zombies. I don't have a zombie deck, but I did keep one of each of the old zombies that we have if I ever decide to build it. Cause I just, I don't want to get rid of them. They're not the cheapest cards. No, because they're all old. A lot of them are really old. Yeah, they're they're not gonna. They're probably not gonna reprint reprint Zombie Master because I don't know if they really want Swamp Walk coming back into a standard. They got rid of the walks. Yeah, so you know those ones are gonna be harder to get. So the uh, the next tribe uh, on there is vampires, and vampires is I would say kind of. like next to zombies and that they care about swinging to win go wide strategies, but they also have the life gain aspect of it that you can play into. You get to play red with vampires. Do you get to dip into Mardu versus zombies? So um, there's some extra things you can do there, extra removal you can run and all that kind of stuff. I used to run Edgar Markov. I just, it got, it got a little redundant. Mm-hmm. It's like, I play a, I play a vampire. I get a vampire, you know, buy one, get one. Yeah, and, that's um, what you do. but I think I've only won that deck once or twice yeah. because a board wipe just really kind of gets it. And although mm-hmm. you're in black where you can reanimate, it's, I don't know if there's the same resiliency as zombies. Um, definitely not because you don't have like on vampire creatures themselves the ability to reanimate like you do with zombies and i guess with zombies it's a lot of return to your hand and you have to recast it with vampires you have to play some of those instants and sorceries that allow you to do that and sometimes it's not worth the spot and my veto thorn of the dusk rose is where i threw all my old vampires anyway and i always forget that it was a vampire deck originally Mm -hmm. but everybody thinks a veto is just life gain but mine is like 30 vampires in it still though so it's like Still vampires. It's still vampires. It's still EDA vampires. track still counts it as a vampire. Still though. counts it as a vampire. Next up, goblins. And goblins here, uh, probably some of the most notoriously seen are Cranko Mob Boss. And if you play historic, you probably have seen, you know, you've probably seen Grux, uh, Muxus Goblin Grandee, mm-hmm. um, Wart, Bogger, Anti, and Cranko Tin Street Kingpin. You have a Cranko Tin Street Kingpin deck. I did. Um, I, I did take pieces of it out. It's it's kind of in shambles right now, but I decided I wanted to build a Cranko deck that not everyone else built. If we do look at the Goblins page right now in EDH rec, we see that Cranko Mob Boss, the original Cranko, is like more than 2,000 decks ahead of the next highest Goblin yeah. care one. So it's like... I didn't want to be the guy that built that. We, I mean, we talk about that a lot, how we don't want it. We don't want to build a deck that someone else did. We want to be unique sometimes. And that new Cranko was a way that I could be unique. A lot of fun. A lot of go-wide strategies, sacrifice strategies and stuff, actually, in Mono Red Goblins, too. So that is always fun. Yeah. Uh, the next highest one is uh, Wizards. Uh, Wizards is unique because it gets to utilize a lot of Enter the Battlefield effects. Um, we get to play in in the Grixis colors. It doesn't really go outside of Grixis very much. I'm sure there are cards out there that do, um, but you know we utilize a lot of uh, ways to search up cards, bounce stuff, and again, enter the battlefield effects are really big when it comes to wizards. Yeah, I have a Castle Royal Chaser deck. We actually played that on stream for one of our $50 streams. Um, it did not do well because we got wrecked by a Morag Mono Red deck twice. Yeah, yeah. But when I changed it up, it was actually a lot of fun. I got to play that with Tap That MTG on their stream, mm-hmm. and I did very well. I did not win, I don't believe. I cannot remember now. I don't It has been either. so long. It's been... I can go back and check. Yeah. I should go back and check now. Well, let's check it. That seems fun. But that was a lot of fun. And I, I think uh, Anala, Ar- Archmage Ritualist, is probably one of the more popular, along with Azami. Yeah, Azami is a really cool... Lady of Scrolls. It's unfortunate that she's only mono blue, but also easier to include in the 99 that way. You know which one's funny? That That is next in line is Dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I did not realize dinosaur decks were as popular as they were because I really only thought about Gishath and Zakama, to mm-hmm. be honest. But Morophon is, is up here in this list. Morath Will of the Wild is in this list as dinosaurs. But Atla Palani and Galta Primal Hunger are two that I forgot mm-hmm. that like could utilize this. For sure. And I never thought Atla was going to be listed as dinos because I figured it was just giant stuff dot deck. Yeah. Which it really is. It is. But um, and you see a lot of Eldrazi, I guess, in the Atla deck. For sure. But um, I've gotten wrecked by both a Gishath and Zakama, and it feels really good every time seeing that Naya deck just trounce oh, yeah. you. And and again, this is one of these instances where 
<clears throat> your Gishath deck is over 2,000 decks more than the next popular dinosaur deck. Obviously, free dinosaurs on the face of a card. That's going to be your dinosaur Potentially deck. seven free dinosaurs. That would be nice. <laughs> Give it double strike. Get even more. Oh. Who knows? Um, so the next one on the list is the bane of everyone's tribal existence, and that's slivers. And I'm sorry if you felt insulted by me saying that. Um, slivers are unique in that their effects are actually global. Almost every sliver printed is a lord in some way to give other slivers plus one plus one or flying or the ability to tap for mana. Um, but it does say all slivers, not just slivers you control. So we've seen some very unique pods, at least at our LGSs, where people are like, hey, four, four man pod slivers and just see how crazy it can get. Absolutely. At Command Fest Chicago, when they were playing two-headed giant games and you would pair up, Ooh. the one some of the people that were wrecking face were two people that paired up playing sliver decks because they pumped smart. each other's decks. We didn't even think about no, that. That smart. would have been smart. I don't have a sliver deck, and the no. sli some of the some of the slivers are very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but we've all lost the slivers, and it feels not even close when you do. Well, that's what <laughs> it's not close in my Morophon deck. That's the number one thing I look for is the first sliver, sliver hive lord, all those kinds of things. So because right. they're that strong, right? Uh, following slivers is humans. Human tribals. I have a human tribal deck. My my human tribal uh, commander actually makes the top five, so it's nice. very pop, uh, very excited to see that. Um, number one is uh, Trin and Silvar, which is actually very surprising because mm -hmm. that is a that is a very new commander from uh, Commander twenty twenty. It's the, the from I, the Akoria from the Akoria yeah. precons. Um, so Trin and Silvar, then Jarena Kudro. Uh, we actually see Rick's Steadfast Leader up here as one of the, the newer cards. Right. Um, Winota Joiner of Forces and Sigarda Heron's Grace. Now, I play Sigarda, but mm -hmm. I've seen Winota before do um, a lot of work. Now, that one has to be a combination of humans, of humans and non-humans. Non yeah. So um, this is where some of these decks get really interesting with how they have to build them. I do think that humans is the most unique in that it does seem to have the most spread out. Like there isn't, like you said, there isn't one commander that's commanding all of the decks. It's very spread out amongst a lot of different commanders and colors. Oh yeah, so, uh, we've got I think every color accounted for here at least in in uh, human decks. We've got some that are Mardu. We've got Selesnia. We have Kenrith. I mean, I guess you can build that as everything, for sure. right? Um, but Saskia, you've even got four colors. So there's mm -hmm. there's a lot happening with humans. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and the tenth highest one on our list is cats. Uh, cats are typically 2-2 two, two creatures that swing to do 2 damage. They're cats. That's what cats do. They pump each other. Cats are very, very streamlined. They, you know, there's there's some cats that do give like protection from dogs or protection from rats. And they have the ability to destroy enchantments or destroy artifacts when they deal damage. But really, cats are like just the baseline, uh, just tribal deck cats. I'm going to swing with my cats and do cat things and make cat tokens. I'm gonna push cards off tables doing just, cat things. That's how I win. I actually just push your entire board off. I'm like, I don't know what you had anymore. I guess I win. Just play 20 pieces of exile removal in a cat's deck to signify that. Oh, exile. <laughs> just push it off the table. So those are the top 10 most popular tribes according to EDH Rex. So coil, upsides for tribal decks. So I think they're really easy to pilot. Mm -hmm. They kind of, once you get going, you get going. Um, you know, some of our notes say that they're really easy to snowball. So we've seen that from my humans deck, Sigarda. Like sure. once you get going and then you get like three lords out and then it's like, uh, I don't know what to do. And mm -hmm. Sigarda giving them hexproof is very nice. My, my actual commander is not a human itself, right. but it gives hexproof to me and humans that I control. Um, they, they they can they can be really easy to play for sure. Um, and typically, you know, except for some of these niche uh, tribes, they do tend to be pretty affordable. Um, you know, they in when Ixalan came around, they printed tutors and lords for particular tribes like uh, vampires, merfolk, and dinosaur that were printed at uncommon, uh, so that you could pick them up for you know under a dollar a piece. Like some of the older lords, like from zombies and stuff, are going to be a little bit expensive. You don't necessarily have to pick them up. Like I'm looking at Cemetery Reaper. It just gives plus one, plus one, and the ability to create some tokens. It's a three mana lord um, that does cost like four bucks, but you can easily pick up like a Diagraph Captain, which is in blue black for the same converted mana cost that has additional value on it for under 50 cents. 
So um, the affordability behind it is definitely a draw, especially to new players. And like we already said, it's easy to play. Um, and it's just kind of fun to do tribe stuff. So it we had we've had a tribal night on our stream before, mm -hmm. I believe. Probably. And I I I don't I know it didn't happen, but I believe two or three of our decks were playing coat of arms. Oh yeah. Which can get really crazy because <laughs> yeah. sometimes and coat of arms alone can be a tricky card to play because I was playing against a rat deck and I was playing the Locust God, which the Locust God is not a tribal deck. Mm -hmm. But when you do get 15 insects mm -hmm. or locusts, whatever, yeah. they're insects, you it's like tribal. Right. And I was running Coat of Arms, which gives each creature plus one, plus one for each other creature that shares a type with it on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. um, but forgot that I was playing against a mono black. Like, I didn't forget. I didn't. I wasn't thinking mm -hmm. that the, the mono black rats player was going to drop like 15 rats on the next turn. Right. And I didn't know what to do. I mean, I had a Blasphemous <laughs> Act. So we, fortunately, oh, okay. we were able to get rid of some stuff. Sure. Um, but I think I had to remove the coat of arms, like mm -hmm. bounce it to my hand and then Blasphemous Act because 13 damage wasn't killing anything right. at that point when everything was just like, oh, this is a 30-30. Oh, I guess Blasphemous Act's not going to do anything. Yeah, I know there was one There was one game that you and I were both in where I was playing my Zerzoth deck, which I have a coat of arms in there, and uh, one of our opponents was playing uh, Ayula Fairies and had 10 Fairies on the board, and it's like, yeah, that's a... Uh, a hundred flying damage right now the number of times that you don't think about the creature types that you're playing mm -hmm. and then someone plays a coat of arms and you quickly scan you're like oh this is a human advisor this is a <laughs> this is a something cleric this is a okay how many people have clerics count a clerics <laughs> yeah. count a clerics please um that's always i like when you play coat of arms because mm -hmm. everybody's got to take account for the secondary creature oh, type because yeah. you never think about it and then if you're playing a changeling and a coat of arms out you can just pretty much change the text of coat of arms to say this creature gets plus one plus one for every other creature on the battlefield correct yeah stromkirk captain is a vampire soldier didn't know it was a soldier yeah i know it's I a vampire <laughs> i knew it was a vampire druids elves there's a lot of druid subtypes here there are yeah actually human soldiers a lot of humans I mean, if if you're playing cats, I mean, it could it could be anything. Arabo's a cat avatar. They have cat warriors, cat clerics. You don't want to run that in against a child of a Lara deck. What what is the 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 mutate? The uh, mutate Nethroi is a cat nightmare beast. Oh yeah, there you go. So how many? Can I get a count of nightmares, please? Yeah, and but also beasts. But mostly the nightmares. <laughs> yeah, for real. So. So the one issue, right, we mm -hmm. already mentioned it, the downsides of, of these tribal decks is they're usually a creature-based deck. Yep. And so cards like a Blasphemous Act or a Wrath of God or a Damnation can kind of put you out of commission. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have card draw, it's sometimes it's like, uh, good luck for you. Yeah, and a lot of times your card draw is tied to your tribe or your creatures. I know there's tons of uh, Kumena merfolk decks out there, and Kumena is the one that's making you draw cards to be able to, you know, make that new board state again. If you commit too hard to the board, you probably will lose, unless you're playing a deck like Vampires or Zombies that does have the ability to recur all of those creatures back to the battlefield, just because they're in the right colors, not necessarily because it is those particular tribes. Um, so it's it that part takes a learning curve. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, but, and, and you are also like we said before, mostly combat centric when it comes to tribal decks, you are tending to swing to win. So if an opponent has up, you know, ghostly prison and propaganda, sphere of safety and all these uh, pillow fort cards or just fogs, you know, let's say they're playing Angus McKenzie, if we really want to say the worst case scenario here for you. But, um, you know, if it, those particular strategies are easy to counter, um, so hopefully you have answers for those. I played Cigar to Humans on a stream with CNC Power Hour a while ago, and I played against an Angus McKenzie deck. Mm -hmm. And I was we were at the end. It was just me and that deck. Mm -hmm. And I saw the writing on the wall, and then there was the constant mists. And I was like, oh, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Constant mist fog, fogs every turn, and, uh, yep. and so does the commander. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I didn't have a way to get around it. Yeah, a lot of people will will bring one answer, but maybe not two, three, or four answers. There, you know, I do have some cards that don't allow people to cast spells on their turn. Oh, there you go. In 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 my humans deck, and obviously we'll get into some of our specific decks and what we think makes them unique or maybe special. Um, but that one, I was not able to get around. Yeah, and and then most often these these decks are built. Um, Obviously based on a specific tribe, but sometimes those tribes lack answers yep. to, to specific board states. So um, obviously in elves, you have the benefit of having creatures like Reclamation Sage mm -hmm. because it comes in, it's an elf, it can destroy an artifact or enchantment. Um, there are just some tribes that don't deal with answers very well. I mean, goblins probably aren't going to be removing enchantments. No, mostly just artifacts and that's about it. And and. They do have the ability, I guess, to remove creatures just by dealing damage. But you're right. But when it comes to enchantments, they've got nothing. It, they either they at least have the ability to either swing or ping someone to death. Um, but, you know, kind of cool in Kaldheim, we did get a new zombie, Jarl of the Forsaken, that does help do removal stuff. Um, so, you know, it looks like Wizards is starting to print a few more of these creatures that might be auto-includes in your tribal decks because they do have this ability to also help uh, take some permanence, some problem permanence out that would be problems for your creatures. Problems for your creatures. Get rid of them. Get, no, <laughs> let, let me keep them, let me keep them. So popular tribal cards mm -hmm. that we have played, we have seen played, we know are sound to be played in tribal decks. Yes. So the one that I wanted to mention first is a card that gives you card draw, which is Vanquisher's Banner. So I run Vanquisher's Banner in my Cigar to Humans deck. Mm -hmm. It is an artifact that costs five. It's just colorless. And it says, as it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures you control of that chosen type get plus one, plus one. And whenever you cast a creature spell of the chosen type, draw a card. Mm -hmm. So the nice thing is that my Cigar to Tribal deck, my, my human tribal deck, has an average CMC of three. Mm. So um, sometimes you can play two or three creatures in a turn um, and, and just constantly replace your hand. Mm -hmm. um, but I have, I think I'm running Vanquisher's Banner in a few decks. And to be honest, until we wrote this, I did not realize that Vanquisher's Banner was up past the $10 mark because this is one of those cards when you open it at the pre-release, you're like, this card's like 50 cents. I don't want this. Yeah. But as we've played more and more commanders since at least Ixalan has come out, these are those cards where it's like, buy them now, buy them now, because this will be a popular card because everybody loves tribal. For sure. For sure. And this is played in any color that you want to. It's a colorless artifact. So you could play it in mono white warriors. And you have card draw. But you're probably not going to play it in mono blue zombie wizards no. that already have card draw. You'd rather just in. play a wizard there. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, so the one card that I really like, and maybe I have an infatuation to this card just because it was in standard when I first started playing, is Metallic Mimic. So Metallic Mimic is a two uh, mana artifact creature, 2-1. This is when it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type, and then creatures of the chosen type, when they enter the battlefield, they enter with an additional plus one, plus one counter on them. So I played this in Zombies uh, in standard. So this was the beginning of Amonkhet standard. And Metallic Mimic was a huge, huge, huge card to have. Fill that two drop, get it out early, make all of your zombies harder to kill. Making a Lord go from a 2-2 two, two to a 3-3 three, three is absolutely huge. Not a lot of people run Lightning Bolt in, in EDH track. Or in in EDH track. In EDH run. track. Check I don't think the bolt. lightning bolt test is is a <laughs> is a very reliable standard anymore. Not in, definitely not in commander. In modern, maybe, but definitely not in commander. Yeah, I, the number I'd be like, you know what, lightning bolt away. You've only got one yeah, copy. Go for it. Go for it. Take out this metallic mimic. I'll reanimate it somehow. Somehow I probably will because it's that good of a card. I'm gonna bring it back. I'm gonna bring it back. Another card that I thought was a trade evener for so long, sitting in my binder, was Harold's Horn. Oh yeah. I I thought this card was a buck. I really did. And so Harold's Horn is an artifact that costs three, three generic mana that says when it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creature spells you cast of the chosen type cost one generic less to cast. And at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature of the chosen type, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. So you've also got card advantage mm -hmm. in, in your tribal deck, as well as a reduction. It makes me think a lot of these creature spells cost less to cast. Just make me think of like goblins because there's so many goblins. Um, so your goblins cost less. True, true. Um, I mean, there's 
there's I think there's probably one for most tribes. I mean, I know Dragon Speaker Shaman makes dragons cost I think two less. Yeah. Um, but Harold's Horn fits everyone. That's right. Again, colorless. Yeah, and um, you know another card that's just like it, Urza's Incubator. Uh, it does kind of the same cost reduction thing, but it does it by uh, two generic instead. But you don't get that scrying ability. Uh, well, I guess it's not really scrying ability, but you don't you don't get that um, card advantage uh, from Urza's Incubator for the same mana cost. So uh, if you're not playing a high converted mana cost tribe like zombie or like zombies like dragons, <laughs> zombies not, don't cost that much. Uh, zombies cost three mana. <laughs> that's it. If you're paying more than three, you're playing Grim Grand, and that's it. Okay, but yeah. So if you're not playing a high converted mana cost uh, tribe. You probably don't want to play Urza's Incubator. You're going to want to go for your Herald's Horn instead. Right, right. So um, let's talk about some of our our favorite tribes and actually our tribal decks. Yeah. So when we were going through this, I actually saw that I have um, seven. I have seven tribal decks, and and it wasn't just that I. I guess I didn't necessarily. I didn't do it on purpose. I'm just drawn to playing tribal decks. Um, so I've got a Sigarda Humans Tribal, Omnath, Locus of Rage. It's Landfall, but there's still a lot of elemental synergies. I have Sethron, uh, Herloon General, which is Minotaur, Slimefoot Sapperlings, which I've taken apart, Tulsimer Friend to Wolves, which also has been taken apart. Um, that was Wolves. Kaza Royal Chaser Wizards. And then I also have Vito Thorn of the Dusk Rose, which is Vampires. Um, and I used to run... Um, Edgar Markov. That's right. And I took that apart as well. Um, I have too many decks, clearly. No, not enough. Still not enough. Not enough. Need one for every tribe. And then you, I mean, then you can go into the, I'm running Planeswalker tribal. Um, but it's not necessarily tribal, but everybody says it is. I had Estrid Enchantment tribal. Yeah, it's a theme. It's a theme. Not tribal. Yeah. Tribe does not equal theme, but it can in your vocabulary if you so choose. So some of the tribal decks that I play, um, I have a blue-black zombies deck. It's gone through a few revisions, but it's still a blue-black zombies deck uh, held by, now it's Sakashima of a Thousand Faces and Tormod. Probably my favorite uh, tribal deck. One of the first decks that I actually built kind of on my own. And that used to be the Scarab God, right? It used to be the Scarab God, so it used Was to Was it have... anyone else before that? Um, it might have been Giza and Geralt before that, um, but... I know I tried doing it a mono black style before, but I decided adding blue was just really, really helpful. The clone effects are really the are big you things that I love. Are you running Rooftop Storm? I, of course. I'm I mean, you have to run Rooftop Storm. Zombies to require zero. <laughs> yes, please. Um, I have my Morophon Everything tribal deck, which is not tribal according to EDA Trek, um, but it uses Morophon and Blink effects in order to cast things for free, no matter what tribe they are, and then use special tribal synergies with cards like Arcane Adaptation to try to take advantage of some of those things. Um, I used to have my Goblins deck with Cranko, uh, and then technically my Phylath deck is a Plants deck. Um, even though Chameleon Colossus, a Changeling, is my best plant in the deck, it is technically a plant deck. It does play other plants in the deck, so. Would you say it's a plant? Like a spy. Yeah, no, I planted <laughs> Chameleon Colossus in there for sure. I for asked sure. Quail when we were playing, uh, when it was streaming either last week or two weeks ago. I asked, because he was drawing a plant token, I was like, can you draw a plant as in this person's a plant as part of the plan? He's yeah. like, I don't know how to draw that. I don't know how to do it. It's a scene that you have to draw at that point. <laughs> if you could, if you're a good artist and you listen to our show, can you draw us a plant as in the person's a plant as part of the scheme? Yeah. We yeah, would like mole. to see how you... I could have just drawn a mole. You should have just drawn a oh, mole. Oh my goodness. Did you ever watch that show, The Mole? Where you had to, there was a team of people oh, and you had to yeah. figure out who was the mole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good show. I didn't like. I've watched episodes, not like a season. I think it. I watched a whole. I think there was a celebrity mole. I think okay. that's one that I watched. I don't remember who it was, but man, that show was one of those shows where it, it it didn't matter what happened if you didn't watch the show. You there were clues in every episode, and the mole would know something, but they had to not give it away. Mm -hmm. And just inherently knowing it, you might give it away. Mm -hmm. But there was something where it was like in the first hallway, in the first episode, if you walked down the hall, you saw that in each phone. It was it was a city, and it was the city that the person was born in, and it was in the. And I was like, "This show's so ridiculous." <laughs> no one remembers this. No one remembers. Right, and you had like notepads. Yeah, I digress. <laughs> but a plant. Yeah, no, I, See? I play plants. Full circle here. We got plants. <laughs> you got plants. <laughs> 
You're everything tribal deck with Morophon, though. Mm -hmm. You you might be making it into a, an everything everything deck, right? You could say what it is every week if you really wanted yeah, to. Yeah, so I'm I'm I am playing a I'm turning my Morophon deck into a changeling deck, <laughs> which is pretty pretty great. Um, looking at all of the synergies, I'm actually able to play. It's about thirty changelings that are going to be legal after Kaldheim releases. Kaldheim brought like eight or ten uh, changelings to the table, mostly in blue and green which is fine because we want green for ramp anyways. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be able to play some of the best lords uh, or just, you know, creatures that care about creature types from all the different uh, types. So like, for instance, I'm playing Atla Polani because all of my changelings are also eggs that would take advantage of uh, Atla's ability to be able to grab free creatures. I'm playing Goblin King to give all my changelings Mountain Walk, uh, Elvish Champion to get all of my changelings Forest Walk, uh, Master of the Pearl Trident in order to give all of my changelings Island Walk, uh, and all these other you know cool effects, Rin and Siri. Um, but even outside of creatures, I get to play like Dragon's Horde, and so every time I cast a changeling, I get counter gold counters put on Dragon's Horde, and I get to draw cards. Um, and Notorious Throng to take an extra turn because changelings count as thieves. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I did have trouble not putting cards in the deck. Like I want 100 cards and then add 50 lands after that and have a 150 card commander deck, but you're not allowed to do that. Nope. So it's been difficult for me to cut cards and put ramp in instead of these creatures, which we already talked about as a downside to tribal. Sometimes you build too hard into the tribal. Sometimes your tribe doesn't have answers. And mm -hmm. I, the other the other week on stream, I played Southron Hurler in general. And unfortunately, in Black Red, you lack card draw. Um, I guess I don't run a ton of reanimate, but I don't have effects that get around being milled. Right. And I was getting milled every turn, and there was nothing I could do about it. Right. Um, but speaking of Southron, the reason I was so excited to play it again recently is because the, the actual, there's an, it's the year of the ox, and mm -hmm. for the Asia Pacific region, they're actually getting a special promo art of Sethron, and it comes with like a really cool um, Minotaur token as yeah. well. So I would really like to get a copy of that for my Sethron deck. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be the first foreign language card that I think that I play with. Okay, but I just have a thing for foils and promos, so it's go pretty for it. cool. Are you gonna, it's a really cool. Are you gonna one. have Sethron like in the same sleeve in English too, mm -hmm. just in case people have? I should. I do it. have my Noyandar deck because mm -hmm. I have I have an altar and then a foil, and I just put two of them inside of one clear sleeve, right. and I flip it to to each side. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Cool. Tribal Minotaurs is a lot of fun, and we started. I mean. And if you're looking for an affordable tribal deck, yeah. go with Tribal Minotaurs. I think, I think my entire deck is like two hundred some bucks, and that's like. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like it's not. It's like pretty tuned for what you can do. It's super on definition for when we were talking about tribes being affordable, swing to win. Um, you know, commit to the board and yeah, and hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, we're in Rakdos. We're hoping for the best. You're hoping I mean, for for destruction. We are. I mean, you got a lot of really cool cards recently as well. Morag that came out that's giving you extra combats, and then a lot of the Minotaurs like from like Neheb. Mm -hmm. Every version of Neheb is just really good for a Minotaur deck. For so sure. if you're looking for a really cool tribal deck, um, you can find my list on my Archidect, which is on my link. If and I don't know if I've ever said this before, but if you go to my Twitter page, I have a, a link tree, and my my all of my decks are listed there. So. Um, that one's a lot of fun. And then Slimefoot, I think, is one of those underrated decks. Mm -hmm. It just, if you let too many saplings get on the board, you're pretty resilient in a board wipe because Slimefoot sees all of those. Yep. And um, so your life total pretty much can stay the same where everybody else's goes down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's too many infinite combos in it. I had to shut it down. Uh, I had to shut it down, folks. See, that's for that same reason, I actually kind of, it wasn't because of infinite combos, but... Um, just because of how good the deck was, I actually took apart my Reese the Redeemed deck. Um, so that was green-white elves, and it's just, it made so many elves every single turn. And uh, when I had an Aura Shards out, then everything was also destroyed. And that game was like that. at your house in your basement, and it was terrible. And, and <laughs> there was one person in the pod literally playing an Artifacts Matters deck, and it's like, you no longer are allowed to have permanence, and I am a little sorry. Including their artifact lands. I had hit something. You're a monster. Yeah, it is a May effect, by the way, on Aura Shards. <laughs> I didn't realize that at the time, but it is a May effect. So, Coil, you have a couple of, of cards that you really liked that you want to talk about that really fit well into all 
Yes. Tribal decks. So these are uh, particular shapeshifter cards that I really like. Um, Chameleon Colossus. Into most decks. Into, uh, well, yeah, as long as they fit the uh, color identity. The color identity. Yeah. Um, so in my Philath deck, I play Chameleon Colossus as the strongest plant that exists um, in, in plant, tribal. So... You you have this so Phylas ability allows you every time a land comes in to put four plus one plus one counters on uh, a plant that you control and Chameleon Colossus you get to play it in in green you also have like Torn Mauler in red that you can play but Torn Mauler is already doing enough job putting plus one plus one counters on itself so Chameleon Colossus is a four converted mana cost four four shapeshifter that has protection from black which is a nice bonus but not really why we care it also has the ability to pay for two green green and Chameleon Colossus gets plus x plus x till end of turn where x is its power and after you throw a bunch of plus one plus one counters on Chameleon Colossus with Phylas ability and then double its power it just ends up being the biggest thing on the planet. And so that's why I really like playing Chameleon Colossus in my Phylath deck, but Chameleon Colossus could also be the most powerful human they ever printed. It's not the most powerful dragon they ever printed, but it could be the most powerful Kithkin they ever printed. You should play more Chameleon Colossus. You should. You know, we got some new cards actually in Kaldheim that really care about, about tribal cards. So um, Maskwood Nexus, creatures you control are every creature type. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. And it has pay three, tap it, and create a 2-2 two, two blue shapeshifter creature token with changeling. That fits, that fits all of our tribal decks. Yeah, it sure does. Now, you do have to... Uh, there's a little caveat. If you're playing a cat tribal deck and you're playing the Ikoria cat with mutate, you do not want to play this card because it will turn all of your creatures into humans. Good call. Which are unmutatable. Good looking out. Good looking out. <laughs> but the second half of this card to make changelings, we've seen this a little bit already um, in a Modern Horizons card called Birthing Bows, which I really like to play. It's a three mana artifact. You pay four and tap it and you get a 2-2 two -two shapeshifter token. Obviously this new Masswood Nexus is a much better version of Birthing Bows. It does cost one more mana. Why not play both? The The answer is play both. It's always play both. It's always play both. Crunchy taco and soft shell taco. Please and thank you. Never soft shell. Well, that's the whole point of why not both. That's where that came from. So you're talking, what's that thing called where it's the crunchy taco wrapped in a soft shell oh. with the beans on it? Is that called a double decker? Those are good. Those are good. I don't know the last time I ever ordered one of those. I ordered chalupas at Taco Bell. Okay. I'm just talking about the, the taco shell commercial where the little girl says, why not both? I for, That's a good gif. Jif. I say Jif. Coyle says Jif. That's the peanut butter brand. That's also the way that the creator of the file extension <laughs> says you're supposed to pronounce it, but you know. <laughs> and then one other new card that I really, I'm, I'm very excited to play this card is Pyre of Heroes. So you can pay two. It's, it's an artifact that costs two and has pay two, tap it, sack a creature, search your library for a creature card that shares a creature type with the sacrifice creature. And has CMC equal to one plus that creature's CMC. Put that card onto the battlefield and shuffle your library. Do this only at sorcery speed. I, yes, would like to get a three or a four mana or I guess a five mana for just sacking it. And it works with all my creatures. It can grab any of my creatures at the next up CMC. It's absolutely huge. In my humans deck, a lot of humans have something on it. It's them on a stick. I, got, mm -hmm. I, have, I have Oblivion Ring on a stick. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think at three CMC multiple times. Yeah. Give it to me all day. Like, Maybe this isn't so great in a dragon's deck or something. Maybe you don't want to sacrifice your dragons, but in humans, in zombies, in a lot of these low to the ground tribes, you can sacrifice your tokens. Now, can you make CMCs. yourself all the way up to the Ur dragon from like a dragon hatchling? Is there something that there's got to be a dragon there, that's eight CMC, right? Uh, there's got to be. So we've got five. Three, four, six, seven, seven. I don't see any at eight. I see lots of sevens. You might not actually be able to pyre into the Ur Dragon. Can you not? That's another seven. Dari Gaz is seven. Why is everyone seven? What's Morophon? Morophon is seven. Oh, crap. <laughs> is there a changeling that's at eight? Um, now I want to know. I'm going to Scryfall and I am going to look up. Wait, okay, so while, go to Scryfall, okay. look up the creature type dragon, and then look up CMC equals eight. Okay. Or eight, no, it has to be eight. It has to be eight. It has to be eight. Okay, so um, 
we're going to look up the creature type. Drag, it can be any, it doesn't matter. Doesn't you don't have matter. to specify any of that. And then the CMC, I hope it's a really bad one too. Um, as long as, it's, I mean, if it exists, you're good. Oh, there's a oh, lot. there's a lot of them. Um, oh, all the Elder Dragons are eight CMC. Scourge of Courages. Bogard and Hellkite's are really good. Oh, Utavra, Hel- Utavara also Hellkite, really you're already good. running that. Okay, yeah, we can get, but Dragon Hatchling, does that cost two or three? Cause you got to get one at four, and oh, but you've you got go, you got changelings there. You should go from an egg token zero to one, CMC egg token. Is there a dragon that costs one CMC? There's got to be There's a changeling, a changeling that costs one. <laughs> there definitely is. Okay, so I need someone to pyre of heroes their way from a from a token mm-hmm. all the a. Dr- well, wait, is there a dragon token? There yeah, are there dragon is. tokens. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you get the dragon token, the dragon hatchling, or whatever mm-hmm. that, that, and then. All the way up to the Ur Dragon, and send it to us the chain. That's I want right. to know. I, I want to know what that egg evolved into. Yeah, how many turns did it take? <laughs> did you do it all in one turn? Impressive. I guess you could if you, you if you can have a way to untap Pyre of Heroes and chain yourself up to the Ur Dragon. Well, wait. Do you but run the Ur Dragon needs to be in your deck. Scion of the Ur Dragon is your commander then, because you need to be able to yes. chain into it. So you can't have the Ur Dragon as your commander. No, you can't do that. <laughs> no. Unless someone shuffles it back into your library for you. But Scion can at least get you everything into your graveyard. You turn Scion into the dragon and then you sack it, which turns it into the egg. You could. It's a whole thing. Does it copy? It does copy the converted mana cost because it becomes a copy of the card, right? Scion of the Ur Dragon. It's not like a five CMC version of the card. I don't play Scion of the Ur Dragon. I don't know the answer to that question. Scion says it. It becomes a copy of the card till end of turn. Oh, so it, it does it does retain the converted mana cost of the card then. So you can do it. All right. Someone please make that happen. <laughs> I would like to see you chain all the way up. Cool. This was fun talking about tribal decks. And until we did this, I didn't realize how many tribal decks I actually owned. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's the end of our show this week. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening. If you want to contact us, you can find our podcast online at theguardianprojectpodcast.com. You can find our social media on Twitter at GuardianPod and our gameplay videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash theguardianproject. We're also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we're GuardianPod on Instagram as well. We're going to add that to our show notes we start saying it because we started using, our, started using uh, our Instagram account. So that's if you're right. on Instagram... You might see a photo every once in a while because that's what you do on there. That's it's typically yeah, it's typically sure. photos. That's what I've heard. The, the young generation. The youngins say it's for the photos. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at atflory, and you can find me on Twitter at wormcoilengine. And of course, we always want to give a special shout out and a thanks to our producer Ryan Nichols. Thank you very much, um, and also Chris Wolf, who handles all of our graphic design. Thank you very much. I uh, just created a cool image for some patreon exclusive content that we're going to release shiray deck tech will be out this week so if you're listening to this and you're a patron it's probably already out right and if you're not a patron and you want to check it out go on over to patreon.com slash the guardian project and donate for any dollar amount any dollar amount um and thank you to everybody who has become a patron and up their subscription we appreciate that so much uh we'll be back We'll be back next week. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye.